Welcome to Not Your Average Mother Runner Podcast. My name is Lisa, and this is not just a podcast about running. This is a podcast to empower women through fitness and health and everything in between. Because let's be honest, ladies, this journey could suck if we don't get our shit together. Today's guest is Akamia Deadweiler, and she is the author of the critically acclaimed book, Single That, Dispelling the Top 10 Myths of the Single Woman. Now, that was the bio that she gave me, but I think it's only fair to say more because this woman is badass. Uh, She has been named the top 100 contributor on yahoo.com. Uh, she has done work with the New York Post. Uh, she has also been featured on the Fox Lifestyle television show and like tons and tons more. So welcome, Akemia. Oh, no, thank you for having me and thank you for that well, <laughs> extra bio. <laughs> girl, you deserve it. Um, but I want it. Uh, so I brought you here because you have this book mm-hmm. called Single That. But before we talk about the book, Briefly discuss your background story. I mean, you don't need to go into it, but just like where are you, where are you from? Where mm-hmm. did you grow up? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm from Indiana. I was born in Gary, which um, if you don't know out there is the birthplace of Michael Jackson, you know, right. world's greatest entertainer. Right. <laughs> so that's kind of, you know, what we hang our hat on. Um, I was born in Indiana and moved to maybe some smaller suburbs of Gary as I grew older. And then I moved to Las Vegas about seven years ago. And I just, you know, wanted to change, wanted more opportunity and more to do. But I started writing in Indiana as a sports writer. I was covering the Chicago Bulls and the WNBA team, the Chicago Sky. Uh, I did Michael Jordan's charity basketball tournament. So I loved it (laughs) because I played basketball in college. So It's always been, you know, a passion of mine. And to combine that with another passion, which is writing, Mm -hmm. was, you know, like the greatest thing ever. But that's why I started. And then when I moved here, I started doing, um, that's when I started sports writing for Yahoo. So my start was as a sports writer. Mm -hmm. And then I got more into covering events. Like I've written for Desert Companion Magazine and a few other big publications, just covering local events and things like that. And from there, I evolved into kind of writing for other websites and maybe blogging. And I started writing about lifestyle and relationships and things like that. And once I got into that and social media was a big part of this too, because I got to see what everyone else was thinking, (laughs) which isn't always a good thing. Like sometimes I wish we could turn the dial back and it's like, okay, I don't want to hear all your opinions. Like keep some of that in your head. (laughs) But I started to see, you know, everybody's opinions. And if I felt like anytime someone spoke on, you know, being single or as a single woman, it was from a negative standpoint. And so combining that with my own experiences and things that I've heard myself, things that friends have experienced, I was like, hey, something needs to be said about this. You know, I'm someone, so I'm going to say something. (laughs) But the the niche kind of found me. I started writing about um, love and relationships and women for medium, and I became a top writer on the platform in those topics. And people just started to really, you know, converge and relate to my writing about relationships and women. So I was like, okay, I think this may be something I need to look more at, look more closely at. So I started to write more about that. And that's what really gravitated women, especially towards me and my writing. 
And so, like I said, the niche kind of found me. And I, you know, I started hearing all these negative connotations about single women and I'm, and I was single at the time and have been single for a lot of my life. And I was just like, Hey, this is inaccurate. And that's kind of what encouraged me and inspired me to write the book because I was like, this is important. I don't want, I feel like women sometimes have a a lower self image of themselves based on being single or based on your relationship status. And my thing was like, Hey, women are so much more than a relationship status I don't like the idea of feeling like you're less than a woman if you don't have children or if you don't have a spouse and because it's, it's factually inaccurate. And so I felt like I wanted to write about that and that's what inspired the book and led me here. Yeah. Um, so the book, I almost felt like it was like a, a, a myth buster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> myth, that's how I approached it. <laughs> right. Like a myth buster on being single. And I'm just going to go really quickly uh, the, the myths that you, you talked about or read or wrote about and they were uh desperate lonely jealous uh sexually frustrated unrealistic you're single because you're high maintenance (laughs) you're bitter with daddy issues Mm -hmm. (laughs) you drive men away because you're crazy Mm -hmm. it's funny we're only crazy after we left them but anyways that's right another story but And you're hard to love and you're broken. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you talk about all those things. And I think the, the next question I was going to ask you was what prompted you to write the book, but you just mentioned that. So let's get into the book. All uh, right. <laughs> so I was reading the book and I got to tell you, and I just said it before we, we started recording, I was like, preach girl. Oh my God. I was seriously, I was taking notes and I said to myself, this is going to take like all the whole book because Mm -hmm. the whole book was just, you were just dropping all of it. And I can, you know, relate to a lot of the things that you said. Um, but I will say this, you know, being single when I was in my twenties and thirties, a little bit in my thirties, I wasn't, um, I really wanted to find somebody or be with someone. And, and I wasn't comfortable with being mm-hmm. single. Mm-hmm. Now I got married. Then I found myself single again. Mm. <laughs> and after that, and after having just two, uh, you know, relationships after being uh, divorced, I am single. And for the first time in my life at the, at the age of 46, I am comfortable with being single, mm-hmm. like, and wow. right. And it's like, now that I'm comfortable, that's why a lot of these things that you said resonated. You, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But back then I really wasn't, you know, a, a, a comfortable with it. I really mm-hmm. was not comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. But besides that and moving forward, why do you think people have such a hard time believing that not all single women are looking for men. I mean, that's kind of how you you started the book a bit where, mm-hmm. you know, it was it's almost inconceivable, like, you know, that you're not looking for somebody. Mm-hmm. Why? Why is that? And what's your experience with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I start the book speaking about how single women are perceived as being on the prowl for men. You know, like you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything without looking for a man. And while I am, I try to maintain the position that I'm open to relationships, always open because that's the way I want to remain. I don't want to be closed off and pass up on someone or something that could be amazing. So I try to remain open, but I've never been on the prowl, you know, for a relationship. 
like I say in the book, if I go somewhere with my girlfriends, I go to have a good time, enjoy my girlfriends, enjoy the setting. But then there's this perception like, oh, well, let's see who's in the room with for that we can hook you up with. It's like being single is always treated as a problem, you know, that needs to be solved. And I think a lot of why it's viewed that way is because of, you know, societal perception, especially for women. Traditionally, we've been homemakers and it's been our duty to, you know, be there for for the man and to get married. And we're taught to aspire to marriage. So if you see a woman who isn't doing any of those things or who doesn't place as much emphasis on it as you're used to seeing, you think there's something wrong. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you're not supposed to be like that. What do you mean you're comfortable single? You can't be your woman. You need someone, you know? <laughs> so I think that, I think most of it comes from societal perceptions and it's it's supposed to be a dream of ours to like be a bride, you know, one right. day and, and be somebody something. Yeah. And, that's, and that's the most disheartening part because it takes away our identity as as women. Like just being a woman is enough. Just being who you are is enough. You know, but it, it takes that away when you're kind of diminished because you're you're single or you're you're not married and you don't have children and somehow it becomes diminishing to who you are as a woman and I think that's the most unfortunate result. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but then you go into how people you you go more into how people are perceiving you besides the there's something wrong with her, but you specifically talk about uh, married women thinking that they are almost superior than you <laughs> because they are married and you're, mm-hmm. you're not. And I have personally seen wow. that and heard it. And, you know, and, and I almost feel like the amount of years, like it's like a badge of honor and not, and mm-hmm. by all means, I, mm-hmm. if you could be married for 30, 40, 50 years, and, I salute you know, you. <laughs> right? that's amazing. But there's almost like this flair of, of being superior because, mm-hmm. well, honey, I've been married for, t- I mean, this is what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've been married for 25 years. So, you know, and they, all of a sudden, you know, they're this, this expert. So mm-hmm. how have you, and, and you talk a little bit about this, but if you could just discuss how you've been treated or what were your experiences in regards to this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's very strange, but at the same time, I get it because, like I said, of the whole societal perception. So as women, we've been raised to believe like to have a man is an accomplishment. It's an achievement, you know, something that we are to aspire to. So if you are married or you are in a relationship, you kind of view that as an accomplishment, like, hey, I got a man, you know, I snagged a man as though he's some kind of prize or something. And, <laughs> and just that, just that mentality in and of itself, I don't like, because like I said, once again, I just feel like it's diminishing to women. Like, why is just getting a man a prize? Like, you're, a, I can be a prize too. You're a prize too. And I think that's what leads to, you know, the misconception, like, throughout history of, you know, men in general, just feeling like all you need to do is show up. Like, and you know, like I'm, you know, like I'm, if I'm choosing you, you should be happy about that. or You should be appreciative of that and taking away your ability to choose. So I think that's where it stems from us being raised to think that, you know, snagging a man is something to aspire to and it's an achievement. So if you've done that, it can kind of give you a little superiority complex. Like, yeah, I have a man, like she's single, so she doesn't know. (laughs) So I think that's where it stems from. And my experience with it has been, of course, no one comes right out and says that, but it's kind of been more subtle. Like if I'm at an outing, how I just mentioned with, you know, other women 
it'll be as soon as I come into the room, it'll be like, okay, let's find somebody to set set a cameo up with who's in the room or oh, there's no potentials here. But then all the while, you know, the same person is speaking like, um, well, I, I don't need anyone. I'm not looking for anyone. I'm just looking for her. Like that needs to be announced, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, cause, cause in case anybody didn't know, like I came here single and I'm not right. it's like, that's something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's something that needs to be announced, mm-hmm. you know, for mm-hmm. some reason. And it's very odd to me because I don't view being a woman in relationships that way. And I don't view, you know, um, being in a relationship or having a man as some kind of, like I said, ch- achievement that's greater than any other thing that you can achieve. But I don't view men as prizes and ha- and being in a relationship as something that's an absolute necessity at every point in my life. So because I view it differently, it feels odd to me. But I right. think that's reflective of, you know, the woman herself. If, if, that woman, when she's single, is on the prowl for men, then she kind of, she'll kind of project that onto whoever the single person is in the, in the scenario. Yeah, I think that you're right. I, and of course, it's the perception, your mindset. I mean, I've seen so many times where I, I've, I'm finally happy. The words, mm-hmm. I'm finally happy or mm-hmm. you're good, you're, you'll get, you'll, you'll be happy soon. And it's like, yeah. why can't we be happy right. now? I'm happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's just, it's all tied together, but that's absolutely true. It's like, oh, God, don't worry, just hang in there. You'll find your, you'll find your happily ever after. And, you know, I love love stories and I love, you know, healthy relationships. And I do believe they add value to your life, but it is just the premise that you can't be happy and whole without one. And that's what bothers me. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so you also mentioned, I love this one, <laughs> men are single because they choose to be and women are single because they have to be. And again, why is it inconceivable that singlehood is a choice, you know, can't be a choice as well? And, you know, I almost feel like when, and I don't know how your experience is, but I almost feel like when you are comfortable with being single, Mm -hmm. the first, I often feel like the first thing that I see the men do or people, okay, there's something wrong with her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they're doing the check. You can almost see in their Mm -hmm. eyes, they're doing the checklist. Okay. Okay. What's wrong with her? What's wrong Mm -hmm. with her? And then it's like, then they get to the point when there's nothing really to check. And then I almost feel like there's some, there's a power to being Mm -hmm. comfortable being single and almost intimidating because Mm -hmm. now it's like, whoa, how do I handle this chick? Right. Right. I think there very much is power in it. And I can see why it can be intimidating because like I said before, when you have the mindset that, you know, a man is a prize and, and then that's an achievement and I'm aspiring to this, then like I said, that creates the scenario where men can just kind of show up and they think that being a man is enough you should be happy that I want you and that I find you attractive. So when you take that away, it kind of takes away their power. You know, if you, if you are comfortable single, then, you know, maybe they have to work a little harder. Maybe they have to bring more to the table than just being a man. Mm -hmm. It's threatening to, you know, to the dynamic. So I can see why it can be intimidating because now it's like, okay, well, she's not fawning over me or she's okay by herself. So what am I supposed to do? What do I bring to the table? You know, you can't just show up anymore. And I think that changes the dynamic and leads to it being intimidating. That means they got to do work. 
Yeah, you got to you have to demonstrate value, you know, and it's mutual in the same the same way I'll demonstrate value in relationship or what I can bring like the same thing. You have to demonstrate value now. You can't just show up because she's comfortable single. So she's not just going to fall all over the opportunity to have a man. Right. And I, you know, I'm going to quote my girlfriend. She's like, what is he bringing to the table? <laughs> what is he bringing to the table? Right, right. <laughs> but you're right. It, you know, absolutely. It's both ways. You know, I'm bringing something to the table and, you know, hopefully I expect that person to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also said something about, you know, anyone who has never enjoyed being single are doing it wrong. <laughs> what did you mean by that? <laughs> I mean, if you don't enjoy, if you've never enjoyed being single, like how you said in your younger years, like you were single reluctantly, like you hated it. And I'm not saying like, this isn't advocating for you to be single. Mm-hmm. I do think there are instances where we need to be single because it helps you heal. It helps mm-hmm. you grow. It helps you learn about who you are as a person. And that can benefit you in relationships. So I think there comes a point when you may need to be single, but I'm not advocating for being single. I'm advocating against being defined by whatever your relationship status is and saying like being single isn't any less than any other relationship. So uh, when I say you're doing it wrong, I mean, (laughs) there's a lot to enjoy about being single. You can focus 100% on yourself, your needs, your wants. You can pamper yourself and You're doing it wrong if you're just sitting on the couch, you know, crying into wine every night, (laughs) hoping for your Prince Charming to come through. You know, we all have those days, you know, loneliness. Loneliness is a natural human experience, but you should enjoy that time being single, you know, like to get out and do things. I've taken trips, you know, alone, you know, go and go see a movie, go do things that bring you joy, go to a spa and enjoy that time to yourself. Because so that you and I think that makes you less likely to lose yourself in someone else. Yeah. You take that time to learn yourself and what you authentically like and dislike and what brings you joy. Then when you do or if you do find a partner, you know yourself a whole lot better. And you can take that time to focus 100 percent on you while you have it. Because right. when you get into a relationship and you have a family, a lot of your time is going to be taken away and you're going to wish for time, you know, to focus on yourself. So when I say you're doing it, you're doing it wrong, it means you're not you're not seizing that opportunity to right. focus on yourself and love on yourself. And there's a lot to be enjoyed about being single. Yeah. You know, I often feel like they they drink the juice like mm-hmm. I drank the mm-hmm. juice, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that that's where a lot of the um, that I'm not supposed to be single. I need to be with somebody. And then mm-hmm. that pressure. um, but yeah, that that is uh, that's probably again, you know, just society and and then the mindset of that person. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you also said dating potential. Now, I hear <laughs> a lot about this, but what do you mean by that? I mean, just <laughs> <laughs> dating dating in the future instead of the present. So you look at this person and you think about, you know, what they could become or what they may become, or maybe I can help them become this. And perhaps they can be something I do believe. You may not always meet people. You may meet people, you know, at a different stop in their journey, and maybe they will progress to be something else. But I think we fool fool ourselves. If this person isn't someone right now that you want to date, that you think can add value to your life, that you think can help you create a healthy, sustainable relationship, then you probably shouldn't be with that person. 
I just think you need to make the decision based on that person, right? If they never evolve, if they never progress, if they just remain this person right now, is that someone you would want mm-hmm. to be with? And mm-hmm. I think you should follow whatever that decision is instead of saying like, well, I don't like this now, but maybe later on he can be this or I can help him achieve that. Like, it's fine to think, you know, you should build one another up. But if this isn't someone you want to be right, want to be with right now as they are, mm-hmm. like, that's the question you need to ask yourself because you don't know if they're going to, if they are going to evolve. Right. Yeah. And that's something, I mean, dating the potential, that's, that's like a huge thing, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so you mentioned, uh, which I was really surprised, uh, you talked about daddy issues, which again, that's another thing we always hear about, mm-hmm. but you actually was very vulnerable and talked about even your own experiences with your father. So here you are writing this book and we're doing this myth buster and you're saying that that's the one thing, you know, that's, I mean, I've heard it. Well, you must have daddy issues. That's why you're Mm -hmm. single and you have issues. Um, Mm -hmm. And you brought up your experiences. What were you thinking by talking about your own experiences and, you know, having, not having the best relationship with your father Mm -hmm. into this book when you're trying to you know, do the myth busting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I brought that up because I always strive to be objective. You know, I don't want to present anything as one-sided or one way because that's never the case. There are instances, it's not like, you know, no single woman has any issues anywhere. We all have issues. Mm -hmm. We all have room to grow. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to include that to show that I'm not saying like, hey, everything about me, everything about my life has been perfect and I don't have room to grow because I do, you do, we all do. But my thing is attaching it to being single is my problem. Like I said, we all have room to grow. We've all experienced things that may have crippled us in some area or hurt us in some area, all of us, married, single, whatever your relationship status. So my problem is just with attaching it to a relationship status. And like you said, saying like, oh, you're single because you have daddy issues, as though a married woman can't have daddy issues, (laughs) you know? So that's my issue. That's my issue. So I brought it up to be objective. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I always strive to touch on both sides and say, hey, I'm not saying that there aren't issues and that there aren't, there isn't room for all of us to grow. I'm just saying to look at a woman and simply based on the fact that she's single, like you said, start running down this mental checklist of Mm -hmm. what's wrong with her is unfair because it's not, it's not necessarily attached to or reflective of your relationship status. And that's, that's my issue with it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. So you uh, went on and talked about being alone for a while and you actually just talked uh, briefly about that will actually help you not be crazy. (laughs) And you said this, which uh, I read it. I I totally got it, but I want you to explain a little, little bit more about it. You said, be single, get whole and get free. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think just from what you said, you've kind of lived this. So you, you get it now. Cause like you were never comfortable being single and you had some relationships that didn't serve you. And now you are at a point where you're like, okay, 
I'm embracing this, you know, you're embracing the freedom and, and the healing, you know, there's a lot to be found in there. And like I said, I feel like you can't, you can't truly know yourself unless you spend time with yourself. If you're always catering to another person or having to, having to factor in what they want, what they need, what they like, and, you know, their decisions, you never get to really focus on yourself. And so now you, you like what they like, you do what they do, you know, and you never really get to learn, well, what do I authentically like, mm. you know, what authentically brings me joy, independent of the wants and needs of another person. So when I say, you know, be single, get whole, get free, I'm just saying kind of what you just went through, you know, at a point, sometimes you do just need to be single so that you can heal, so that you can release all of the baggage from previous relationships, so you can grow as a person and into the woman that you want to be. Yeah. So now I'm going to ask you more about, you know, where you were, where you were mm -hmm. at the time of, of writing this book. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you had to have gone through some growth mm -hmm. to, you know, look in your, I mean, for you to admit and be vulnerable about your upbringing, mm -hmm. you know, that is a lot of growth happening and what can you just talk about some of the things that you have overcame, you know, when we're talking about this through your life that gave you these little great nuggets for you to write this book? You know, mm -hmm. what, what are some of the experiences that you've had, your, your aha moments? Mm -hmm. Some experiences that I've had have been um, most of my room for growth has come in the area of making myself vulnerable. So even putting that in the book, it was interesting that you used the word I made myself vulnerable. Like that's an area where I've had to grow because I came to learn that, you know, if you want a healthy, genuine, you know, relationship, both parties have to be able to make themselves vulnerable. And sometimes we forget that. And sometimes we do it out of protection, you know, out of mm -hmm. fear. You don't want to make yourself vulnerable because then you're you're not also vulnerable to love and passion and being careful, but you're vulnerable to pain and right. being hurt, you know, so you can't, if you make yourself vulnerable, you have to open yourself up to both sides. And so that was something I really worked on and I still work on, you know, I'm still growing in that mm -hmm. area. So that was a big one for me, but just throughout it, I just started to look at myself, you know, because society really will project these insecurities onto you. For even friends and family will project insecurities onto you if people are just constantly asking, you know, when you're going to get married, when is this going to happen, who are you dating, what's going on, you start to think like, you know, that there is something wrong with you if those things aren't happening in your life. So those have been the biggest areas that I started to look at and had a big role in writing the book because I was like, wait a minute, just because... Just for that sole reason, just because you're single, it doesn't mean that there is something wrong with you. There's something wrong with your life or some fatal flaw that you mm -hmm. need to fix so that you cannot be single anymore. Right. You know? It's right, so right. when you think about it, it just sounds so irrational and illogical, but we've just been conditioned to believe that. And yeah. unfortunately, a lot of a lot of especially women. Cause I know men get a, some pressure too with you know parents asking, "Oh, when are you gonna give me some give me some grandbabies and things mm -hmm. like that." But I think women are especially susceptible to it because we're raised and we're trained in a to aspire to marriage and you know being a bride. Yeah, and you also mentioned um, when you said that 
it, it's almost perceived as a disease. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard people threatened with the idea of being single, women with the idea of being single, like, oh, you're going to listen to your single friends and end up just like them, as though that's like the worst <laughs> thing to do. That's the worst way to end up is like your single friend, as though that one thing, just being single, is so horrible that you need to avoid it. <laughs> right, right. So this is something that I have often spoken to my other friends. And, you know, you go through these healing, you know, process and you do a lot of, uh, you know, self-help and reflection. And then you say, okay, you know, I'm ready to be in a relationship. Now maybe I do want to be in a relationship, mm-hmm. you know? And then you get in a relationship and then it's like back at it again, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So how did you, how do you, you know, what do you tell the woman who is like, it's almost like this roller coaster thing. And, you know, I've, I said to my friend and, I, and she's like, you know, how do we know we're good? Like, how do we know we did the healing? Unless we go out there and test it out, Mm -hmm. you know? So like, did you ever experience anything like that? Did you at any point in your life, you know, prior to the book or during the book where you were like, you know, okay, I'm ready to go out there. And then Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, back to the drawing board. Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, I think we've all had those moments for me where I start to think like, okay, I think like I don't think anyone will ever be just 100 percent good and flawless and perfect. We are humans. We are flawed. You know, Mm -hmm. you're never going to we should be constantly evolving and learning in whatever areas that need to be, you know, where growth needs to happen. So I don't think we should ever get to a point where we say, okay, like, okay, I'm put together, I'm ready, I'm perfect. You know, you're never going to be that, so you can't aspire to that. But I think if you take previous relationships and you look at the issues in those relationships and you find common denominators, you work on those areas. Like, okay, what, what, is, what am I doing that's attracting this? Why am I accepting this? You know, and you start to do that work on yourself. And for me, it's just an, an inner feeling where I feel different. I feel freer. I feel like I've let go of past hurts and I've grown as a person. And that's when I start to think like, okay, you know, maybe I'm ready again, but I do take, I have, I often have taken breaks in dating just because it's draining, Mm -hmm. you know, it's draining going from person to person and learning about people and having it not work out and being hurt and recovering. So I think it's important to take those breaks to heal. And I, I think, you know, personally when it, when it's time to try it again, but I like how, you know, your friend said like, okay, well, how do we know we don't go test it out? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's important. But at the same time, if in this time where you're not dating, if you're not doing anything different, if you're not working to enjoy being single and learning about yourself and growing, if nothing has changed you know, I don't think just the passage of time means, okay, let me, it's time to test it out. Like, what have you done, you know, yeah. to work on yourself? And I think that's an indicator of, okay, I think I've, you know, worked on this area and I'm ready to try it again. Right. So people might, well, women are going to be listening to this and be like, wow, she is so confident. She is so mm-hmm. like in her element. And we talked about the work. What work did you feel like you needed to do to Mm -hmm. get to where you are right now? Uh, 
so much and I'm still working. Um, I learned to meditate about six years ago. That's probably had the biggest impact on me. I practiced transcendental meditation. Yeah. Because a big thing for me was just being in my own head Mm. and just being, just being overly sensitive, taking things personally, you know, and it was just really just wreaking havoc on my psyche and, you know, my, and my mental health. So a big step for me was meditation, just learning to calm myself and stay present and things like that. And then I started to just read a bunch of self-help books. Like there's so much knowledge out there. Mm. If you really want to grow as a person and grow in certain areas, there's probably a great book for it. But one book that I always recommend that anyone read is um, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Have you read it? Yeah. <laughs> Girl, I, when you when I read that, I was like, she... Yes. That hands <laughs> yeah. down. Best mm-hmm. book ever. Yes. Yeah. So that was the single, aside from meditation, I would say applying the principles in that book have had the single greatest impact on my growth mm. and confidence as a woman. And it's not even about being a woman. It's not even about being single, but it, it helps you stay within yourself, which is usually the issue. Like I said, when you're taking things personally or, you know, or you're just being over, you're just being hurt by people all the time. And that's not to say that people don't do bad things and they should be held accountable for them, but we can't control what other people do. All we can control is how we react to it and how we allow it to affect us. So the four agreements is all about making these agreements with yourself that will help you maintain just a healthier sense of well-being. And I would say those two have had the greatest impact on me because now I'm less inclined to, you know, look at what other people are doing and say, well, how could they do that to me and blaming them and things like that? I'm looking at myself. And I think that's that's the most efficient and effective way to grow as an individual. Yeah. And I think it's just important to talk about that because, again, you know, someone's listening and they're like, wow, she's so, you know, comfortable being being single. That's if she's mm-hmm. still single. Um, <laughs> I ain't going to ask that yet. But um <laughs> <laughs> she might an- she might not answer but um be- but seriously you are sounding so comfortable and mm-hmm. i think that it's well let me ask you this were you always this comfortable no i kind of grew into this especially in my younger years as a teenager and young adult i was always just i was very kind of shy and awkward and self-conscious and so this has all been growth, me deciding who I want to be, the kind of woman I want to be. And I think that's the first step is deciding who you want to be. You need a clear picture of who you want to be that you can work towards. You know, if you're, if you're just like, oh, you know, I don't like how this feels, but you don't know what you want to feel like or who or what type of woman you want to be or how you want to be in relationships or who you want to become you don't know what to aspire to, you know, and you're focusing on the negative, just like, oh, I don't like this, but you don't have a picture to work towards. So I just started deciding, you know, who I wanted to be. And I've always been rather confident. I've never really bought into the whole, you know, if I'm single, there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. But I just didn't, I just never gave the same weight to it. Like I wasn't one of those little girls that was always envisioning my wedding day, you know? (laughs) So that's just never really been a part of me. And to be honest, another reason why I brought up, you know, my father in the book, a lot of it didn't stem from maybe a healthy source. I didn't really grow up in like a warm, loving family. 
So I didn't have that image in my mind and I didn't have that boy that was missing as I became an adult, like, oh, I I need someone to love me. You know, I never had that really. So I didn't, it was, it wasn't something I was missing. So of course, like I said, that's not healthy. So I wouldn't say, well, maybe if your parents loved you less, you would be different. Right, right. But so that is an area I had to grow, but it may have been easier for me because I didn't feel like something was missing once I became an adult and went out on my own. And that's always helped me maintain confidence as a woman. But I just, I just, I just think and I read and I just feel like, like I said, women are many things. Mm-hmm. And how you brought up that it's perceived that if a man is single, it's by choice. But if a woman is single, it's because she, you know, she she's forced to, mm-hmm. you know, she doesn't have any options. Like, that's not true. But that's the perception we've created where a woman isn't supposed to be single. And if she is single, she's a spinster or she's cold or she's mm-hmm. bitter. And so that's the part of it that I was like, OK, now this is inaccurate. It may be a little easier for me because of my upbringing, but I'm still not any of these things that people assume about single women. But I just worked. I think, like I said, the most important part is to decide who you want to be. If you want to be more confident, you know, work on confidence, read books on building confidence or whatever your goal is or whatever area you feel like you have to grow. I just think it's important to focus on that and more importantly, focus on what you want it to become. Right. So with all that, you still, and I, I, it was just my impression on the book that you still said that, you know, you wouldn't mind getting married and mm-hmm. have those dreams of having children. So my question to you is why, why get married? <laughs> I just, well, as I was saying, I, my thing is just, I'm just open. I just want to be open to life happening and I want to be open to love and relationships. That's why I said, I'm not saying, you know, if you're, if you are in a relationship or you're married or you're aspired to marriage, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying your relationship status doesn't define you mm-hmm. as a woman. And I would hope that you would agree with that because I don't feel it should define you. Your relationship status is a very small part of who you are. And it's something outside of yourself. It's an external condition. So I just, it breaks my heart when I see women who do define themselves by relationship statuses and they have lowered self-esteem. If, if, if you know they're single or their, their marriage doesn't work, you know, and they pile on themselves, like what's wrong with me? You know, mm-hmm. why doesn't anybody want me? Why did he leave me? So, you know, that breaks my heart. And I think part of that is because we have our sense of self-worth attached to our relationship status. So I'm just about separating the two. I'm open to all of it. You know, if I walk <laughs> outside today and I meet, the Prince Charming, we fall madly in love and he treats me like a queen for the rest of my life. I'm, I'm totally down for it. <laughs> I'm open to it. But the difference is my sense of self-worth isn't attached to whether or not that happens. Yeah, that's, that's important. Um, all right. So here's my last two questions. Okay. What is one piece of advice you would give now, I gave you this question, and I saw it, and I was like, mm I ain't asking her this. I don't, and I was like, what was I thinking? So I changed it, and it's what is one piece of advice you would give a single woman about being a single woman? Mm, that's a good one. I would say my one piece of advice would be to embrace it. I think about how you said that was the thing with you. You never embraced it. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not saying that you can't aspire to marriage and want a relationship, but while you are single, 
embrace being single. Don't spend that whole time pining away, wishing for a partner or a significant other. Embrace it. Take trips. Do things that you enjoy. Focus on yourself. Spend money on yourself. Treat mm-hmm. yourself. You know, mm-hmm. embrace being single and learn who you are. Grow as a woman. And then when it is time for that relationship, like I said, you'll be a more whole person, which will naturally be more beneficial to you if and when you do get a partner. Okay. Now here's the flip side. What is one piece of advice you'd give a woman that is not single, potentially married Mm -hmm. with a boyfriend Mm -hmm. or girlfriend (laughs) Mm -hmm. on how to view others Mm -hmm. that are single? I would give them the same advice that I give men and anyone else. And that's not to judge a woman by her single status. I think a lot of times if you are in a relationship and you do that, it's because, as I said, you've attached your sense of self-worth to your relationship status. So you think because you're married or because you have a boyfriend or you're in a relationship, you attach some sense of superiority to that or you feel better about yourself because of that. When my thing is feel the same about yourself, whether you're single or in a relationship and view single women the same way. Very good. You just gave me the goosebumps, but that's no, (laughs) no, that is really, that's just really important. I I really think that, you know, we're focusing on just the single woman, but, but what you said about the women who are, with somebody, um, how they should view the other, you know, their, their sister, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's exactly. all the same. Um, but I, I want to thank you so much. That book is life. And I would say that it is definitely, um, it's a feel good book. And it's mm-hmm. a book that if you're feeling like you, you know, you're lost or you, you're feeling you're broken, <laughs> or, mm-hmm. you know, you're just feeling like, you know, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. It really gets you to think, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. it has those, you know, like a mind shift to occur mm-hmm. on how you should be, not sure how, I hate to say how you should be, but just another way of viewing Another this. way, yeah, right. viewing. yeah. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because that was my intention in writing it, was just to get you to think, you know, if you're a single woman, especially because I don't want you feeling down about yourself or feeling less of yourself, but solely because you're single. And then if you're not single, it's more so allowing a single woman to be viewed as a whole person, Mm -hmm. you know, with or without a partner. And then as the single woman viewing yourself that way with or without a partner, we are whole individuals. You are a whole person and not having a partner doesn't take away from, you know, or add to your value, you know, just viewing women as women, as whole people, as enough, even Mm -hmm. alone. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very empowering as well. I want to say that it's a very empowering book, but once again, I, I would love to, I, I literally could talk to you about each damn ch- chapter. Okay. Cause I was like, yeah, let's talk about this and let's talk about this experience. And I love that you put, you are so funny with some of your scenarios <laughs> and the men that you met and the things that they said. Um, my God, um, mm-hmm. very funny, very real, um, I, I loved everything about it and I am very grateful that you came here and discussed the book with me. So again, I really appreciate you being here. 
Oh, no, I'm happy to be here because like you said, I think the biggest thing for me, the reason why it is so important to me is because of the way it makes you feel, the way it makes me feel. I don't like, you know, women being made to feel bad about themselves or down just because they're single. So that's why this message was so important to me. And I'm thankful to people like you that helped me continue to spread awareness about it. Yeah, I love it. So where can people find you? You can find me on social media at Akamia LD on all platforms. You can visit my website at AkamiaDeadweiler.com. And my book, Single That, Dispelling the Top 10 Myths of the Single Woman, is available on Amazon and all major online booksellers. And I will put a link to all that you just said on the episode notes. Awesome. Thank you again, Akamia. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.